0: Thank you for joining us today, whether you are part of the Lighthouse family, be it on site, with us weekly, or tuning in online. We'd love to connect with you via our social media at Lighthouse Ely. It's on all our social media platforms. I hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Enjoy the message. You're looking great from where I'm standing. (laughs) Uh, God bless you. Uh, I've been talking about Joseph in the, uh, from Genesis, and uh, we're just picking up on that theme. I always look at Joseph when I say this. Uh, Joseph, and I'm talking about faithfulness and uh, taking responsibility, and uh, something that Joseph can give us a good example of. And I think it's good to look at some of the Old Testament heroes, if you like, and um, look what can we pick up, what can we learn from that. So I'm going to skip to Genesis chapter 41 and while you're looking for that, let me just read this from the apostle Paul. If there's any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion, any sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being full, being in full accord and of one mind. being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God highly exalted him, gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God our Father. As from Philippians chapter 2. Isn't that a wonderful a uh, way of introducing Joseph as a if you like Christ-like figure a foreshadowing of someone who took the suffering humbled himself yet God exalted him and we're going to pick up the story in chapter 41 and finally Joseph's faithfulness has been has paid off you know he hasn't grown bitter he hasn't grown angry he hasn't been despondent with God the opposite he's really trusting in god and he is someone who is in tune to god's voice and i think that's one of the keys isn't it to his success one he was faithful two he listened to the spirit of god and when the opportunity came he took responsibility and i think that's the the gist of my message this morning the last time we spoke about him he was just being thrown into prison uh, And uh, he was falsely accused, wasn't he, of Potiphar's wife, so pick up the story. You know the story, I'm sure, from Sunday school. Um, Sold into slavery by his brothers because he is this young, arrogant guy that has these ambitious dreams and he foolishly overshares with them, Uh, maybe foolishly overshares with them, and they they don't like this this young guy saying, you know, you're going to rule over us one day. And uh, let's, let's deal with him. And they throw him into a pit. Then they think, actually, we can get some money out of this, so we'll sell him. He ends up in Potiphar's house, and, he, and then he does so well there, he's in charge of everything. And uh, Potiphar's wife then tempts him and uh, falsely claim against him, so he's thrown into prison. And then we see him beginning to take responsibility in prison, that the chief jailer says, listen, when Joseph's there, I don't need to worry about anything. And then he meets these two guys, uh, the cupbearer and the baker, and they have these dreams. And of course, Joseph's in tune with the spirit, so he interprets these dreams. And then he says, Listen, guys, when, when all is going well for you, remember me and tell someone that I'm stuck in this hole. But then two years go past two years. And he's thinking, What has happened? You know, um, uh, I'm still trusting in God. But he has this ability to interpret dreams, he has this wise discernment, and eventually he's called into the palace to help a troubled Pharaoh. And after making a plan to save the nation, Pharaoh listens to him. And when there was an opportunity came, Joseph refused to take credit. That's so interesting that he does that. Because Pharaoh's like, you're the man, Joseph. And he's like, actually, this is all God. This is God working through me and I'm in tune with his spirit and he's speaking to me. And when he had the opportunity to claim the glory, as in you know, Jeremiah chapter 9 says, let him who glories glory only in the Lord. And that's what he does. And I think when we show who we are, we show our character by continuing to serve faithfully And when we're given opportunity, we we step up and take responsibility. But this is the point this morning, isn't it? Stay faithful, listen to God's Spirit, and take responsibility. Anyway, where are we? Genesis 41 verse 38. Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find anyone else like this, one in whom is the Spirit of God? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has shown you all these things... There is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only concerning the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. What a turnaround in one day from prison to the palace. You know, Joseph, he, he, he exemplifies leadership and practice. Even through years of hardship, he has a set of values. He refuses to sin against the Lord. He has self-control when he's tempted. He has compassion on his fellow prisoners. But he also has this sense of purpose that he is destined for something. He is destined for greatness and nothing's happening. And then he earns the trust of the... He earns the trust of Potiphar. He earns the trust of the jailer. Now he's earning the trust of Pharaoh. Why? I think that's because he earned the trust of God. He found trustworthy in the small things, and then God trusts you with the big things. And he is one that listens to God, and God continues to bless him and favor him. So point number one this morning, taking responsibility. What does it mean to step up? and take responsibility. I don't know about you, but if, I, if we're going through a difficult time, are we, is our automatic thought, um, how can I get out of this? Is our automatic thought, who can I blame for this? Or is our automatic thought saying, is there something in me that is not orientated in the right direction? Am I not taking responsibility? I think quickly, we're, it's easy to blame others for things that go wrong in our life. And Joseph had plenty of people he could have blamed. Listen, and gone into self-pity, gone into wallowing, um, the misfortune. Uh, but he took responsibility for where he was and where he's at. He could say, listen, this is my brother's fault, sold me into slavery. This is Potiphar's wife's fault. You know, this is the, the friends I tried to make in, in prison. Even they've betrayed me and ignored me. Um, maybe I'm in this hole because it's my own fault. But actually, it's hard to find Joseph's misfortune being his own fault. Maybe a little youth and naivety, which I think we all have, don't we? But one thing for sure, that he learnt his humility. And it was a long lesson. The Apostle Peter writes it like this. He says, Have unity and sympathy and love for one another, a tender heart, and a humble mind, do not repay evil for evil or abuse for abuse, but on the contrary, repay with a blessing for it 's this you 've been called that you might inherit a, a, a blessing even if you suffer for doing right, you will be blessed it 's better it 's better to suffer for doing good than it is to suffer for doing evil so the apostle Peter is speaking to to these young Christians who are suffering persecution for their faith. He says, if you're suffering for Christ, then you're blessed because Christ suffered. And he goes through the details, doesn't he? Christ suffered for our sins once and for all, the righteous for the unrighteousness to bring you to God. And he was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Peter knew about suffering and persecution and went to his death, didn't he? Proclaiming the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible is full of examples of men and women of God taking responsibility, stepping up when they need to, preaching the gospel despite the challenges that are facing them. And many of these stories contain failures too. And we can learn from all the successes and all the failures from our situations here. And even though you know, we're not in a prison in Egypt, you know, even though we have maybe not been betrayed by our brothers To the depth that he has. But what is there about these situations that we can extrapolate and learn and and see if there's principles in these stories that we can learn? What does it mean to be faithful? What does it mean to listen to God's voice and hear his spirit? What does it mean to rise up and take responsibility? Instead of blaming others, which he could have done, He took responsibility for where he was in the situation that he was. And he rose up and God blessed him. The first humans we know, created in the image of God, took responsibility for creation. But then they're caught eating the forbidden fruit. I just want to read that story in Genesis chapter 3. God finds them. You know, they're hiding as if they can hide from God. And they fashion some. Fig leaves to try and cover their nakedness. And, you know, you know, we think we can hide from God, don't we? But God confronts them and says, What, what is going on? And pick it up in verse uh, 12. And the man said, It's not my fault. I added that bit. It's the woman that you gave me. She gave me of the fruit and I ate it. So who is, it, who is this man blaming? He's blaming the woman and he's blaming God. God, it's not not my fault. This is not taking responsibility. So the Lord God said to the woman, why have you done this? And she said, well, it's not my fault. It was the serpent. They tricked me and I ate it. It seems that Adam and Eve were always trying to shift the blame. God, it's your fault. I'm in this mess because God must hate me. I'm in this mess because God gave me this woman. I'm in this mess because I've been tricked and I've been deceived. It's not my fault. I wonder what difference did it make if, if Adam said, listen, I know I've, I know I've messed up. I would take responsibility. There's no one to blame but myself. And that's what Joseph did. He didn't blame others. He rose to that challenge, proved himself faithful wherever he was, faithful as a servant, faithful as a prisoner, and faithful on the throne. What is it about this Joseph that made him differently? He had this discernment and wisdom, didn't he? But I think most of all, He heard God's spirit. He had that heart that was willing to listen, saying, "God, if there's something in me, like the, uh, the psalmist David would say, create in me a clean heart, renew in me a right spirit, restore to me the joy of my salvation. If there's an error, if there's somewhere I'm going wrong, something I'm doing, cleanse my heart. Purge from me all sin. Purge from me unforgiveness. Purge from me the things that are not of you. I make a covenant with my eyes to only see what you see. Lord, let me be subject to you. Do you hear that kind of humility and that attitude there that says, that says God, I need you, and I've stuffed up? Paul would say, I'm the chief of all sinners, but God can do it with me, he can do it with you. Paul said, I don't claim to be anything of myself, but I press forward to the upward call of Christ. And not that I have already obtained, but I press on. And that humility, and that's when he says, let this mind be in you. Let that humility be in you, which is in Christ, and let God see you exalted. In 2 Corinthians 10, he says, stop comparing yourselves to yourselves and thinking you're all right but glory only in the lord boast only in the lord and it, and if we think we're doing all right when we're comparing ourselves with ourselves but god says actually it's me you need to compare yourself with and when you do that you know what we don't meet up to the standard isn't that 100% true of what a metric are we uh, trying to justify ourselves by and I think that's how often the world is today they're justifying themselves by their own metric or you know at least I haven't done this and I haven't you know I haven't gone and killed anybody I haven't done this or anything and so I must be doing all right and maybe my good deeds at the end will outweigh my bad deeds and surely I'll make it even by the skin of my teeth I'll make it when the judge is judging me. But I tell you, there's only one defense, and that's Christ Jesus himself, who took the sin upon, our sin upon himself, upon that tree, nailed to the cross. The handwritings of the requirements of the law were there, nailed with us, and that blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Amen? What was it different about him? Pharaoh said to, to Joseph, he said, I had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. I heard it of you that you can hear a dream and interpret it, but Joseph answered, It is not I, it is the Lord. God will give you this answer. And I think that's where we need to acknowledge God's work in us despite our weaknesses. Let God defend us, let God speak to us. Paul, in his defense of his leadership, insisted that he would only glory in his weakness because in his weakness, Christ's strength was manifest. And we know, don't we, from James 4, chapter 6, that God uh, gives grace. He gives more grace. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. You know, there's something in Joseph, maybe like Rosie preached last week, that treasure in the earthen vessel that the the power might be seen of God, not of us. And when we realise that we are just that clay pot and that's what on the inside that matters, Paul says, do you not know you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? The Spirit of God himself dwells in you, even in your weakness, my strength can be manifested. We have this treasure in clay pots that the extraordinary power that we have belongs to God and does not come to us. My second point this morning is, is being found faithful. Are we faithful in the small things, earning trust for the big things? Joseph faced trouble on every side, but he never gave up. Was faithful to the values that he had and didn't sin against God. That's why I spoke a couple of weeks ago. But Jesus gives this example, doesn't he? To be the greatest to, to be, is to be the servant of all. And he turned upside down the expectations. In Luke 18... Luke 16, he says, If you're found faithful in a little, you're found faithful in, in a lot. If you're dishonest in a little, you'll be dishonest in a much. And if you're found faithful in small things like money, God will entrust you with the true riches. If you've not been faithful what belongs to another, who, who will give you what is your own? Luke 16, 10-11. But this is just being faithful you know, wherever Joseph was, he was found faithful, and they picked up on it. And Jesus, then in his example there, it's about faithfulness with our finances. You know, he says, "Wealth. If you can be faithful with ungodly wealth, then you can be faithful with true riches that God wants to give you." But it's it's that, isn't it? And the Pharisees, they you know, they were lovers of money, and they said, um, uh, they ridiculed him. And he says to the Pharisees, this is really interesting, he says, you are those who justify yourself in sight of others, but God knows your heart. For what is prized by human beings is an abomination in the sight of God. Jesus never held back, did he? He said, you're trying to justify yourself, showing on the outside that you're faithful, but it is the Lord who justifies. And Joseph, when he had the the opportunity to claim credit for his discernment, He didn't. He gave credit to the Lord. He didn't get angry and and bitter, even though he could have justified that. No, he remains faithful and gives glory to God and sees his reward. My final point is this about taking responsibility, about carrying your cross. Jesus speaks when he returns. Will he find faith? Will he find faith? And God is looking for those who have faith, or that word could be faithfulness. And I think there's an argument to be had here where there's a difference between faith and faithfulness. And I think it's not faith if it isn't faithful. If it's faithfulness, then it's showing your faith that you are full of. And it's that not wavering, I think. Faithfulness speaks to me about not wavering in your faith. And Mark 11, he says, if you believe in your heart, not doubt, but You speak to the mountain, be it removed. And it's that not allowing your faith to be moved is where we see faithfulness. We see in Mark 11, Jesus is starting to reveal God's plan. And he's saying, listen, I'm going to die at the hands of the authorities, but I'm going to raise from the dead. And Peter's like, listen, this is not happening. And Jesus is like, seriously, Pete, get behind me, Satan. You are mindful of the things of man, not the things of God. Um, But then he goes on to say, if you want to follow me, you have to take up your responsibility. Following Christ is taking up responsibility for our own selves, our own weaknesses, our own shortcomings, uh, maybe a failure to repent um, and take up that responsibility and say, Lord, I want to turn around. I want to repent and I want to follow you and I believe in you. And he says this, he called the crowd with his disciples this is mark chapter 8 and he said to them if you want to become my followers let them if anyone wants to be my followers let them deny themselves take up their cross and follow me for he wants to save their life will lose it and for those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it for what profits if he gain the whole world yet forfeit your life Indeed, what can you give in return for your life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous, sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in glory of his Father with the holy angels. I think Jesus is looking for followers that are prepared to follow him to the end. That's showing our faith in the way that we are faithful, carrying the cross. And I know sometimes life is hard, and we would love to shed off the weight of responsibility around us. But you know there's things that you have to carry that you can't shed off. I tell you, if you're a parent, you know what that's like. You know, you might be challenged by your children, but they are your responsibility. So you you don't have the option to give up. You have the option to get stronger and take responsibility and carry the weight of that responsibility. And I think that's what Christ is saying here. If you're going to preach the gospel, you're going to preach the gospel even if suffering comes because that's what you've been called to do. And I think it's time for, for strength to come to, to the church today that it will stand up and preach the gospel even in the face of adversity and say, I've been given responsibility to preach the gospel. How will they hear unless they um, are told? How will they go unless they are sent. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is a challenge for us. Who is responsible for preaching the gospel to this world? The angels? Are we leaving it to the angels? Are we asking God to appear to people in a dream? That's not part of Jesus' plan. I know those things do happen. But God says, listen, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, so I give it to you. Now go and make disciples. Preach the gospel. He didn't say go if it's convenient for you. He didn't say go if you've got nothing else to do. He just said, just go. I'm preaching another sermon here for some reason. I don't know why. Joseph, let's close, shall we? I know Joseph knew maybe joseph knew that god was able to turn things around that god was able to work even in him even in those circumstances you know god is able to turn things around for our good but it's in his timing and god wants to give us responsibility and how will we respond in humility in gentleness with kindness with humility with weakness but in his strength or in our own strength Maybe that's part of the problem is we're trying to take responsibility in our own strength. But God says, listen, let me trust you with the, the small things. Let me trust you with the small things. And to whatever to us is a small thing, but to others could be a really big thing. But can we be trusted? Will we trust in God and remain faithful to his word despite our suffering, our hardships? Would we try and justify the pain and the hurt that we have? It's not my fault, it's that person, it's that person. It Maybe you're blaming God himself for what you've been going through. Maybe you think, I've just been dealt the dodgy card, and you know this is just it, you know, and I'm suffering, and it's everyone else's fault but mine. But I wonder if we change our attitude and say, listen, Whether it's my fault I'm in this or it's someone else's fault, I'm going to rise up and I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to be faithful to God. I'm going to be faithful to obey his spirit, listen to God, and I know God will turn things around for the good of those who love him and give themselves to him. Will we trust in God? Will we try and justify ourselves and hold on to our hurts and our pain or will we allow God into our lives and say, God, transform me and change me and heal me Will we take up our cross and follow him? Will we even in the tough times stay faithful, listen to God's spirit and take responsibility? Amen, amen, amen.